This episode of the Unstoppable CEO Podcast is sponsored by our podcast prospecting program, where you use a podcast like this one to easily connect with your strategic partners and prospects, opening up new relationships that lead to new business. The best part is all you have to do is show up and talk. We do all the rest. To find out if this is a fit for you, go to unstoppableceo.net and click the book a call button to schedule a quick 20-minute intro call. Now on to the episode. Welcome to the Unstoppable CEO Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Gordon, and we've got an amazing interview for you today. Today, I am speaking uh, with Duncan Littlefield. He's the founder and CEO of Littlefield, a holding company that has companies such as the Littlefield Company and Sidecar, where they tell undertold stories by delivering scalable content for purpose-driven companies, and he's going to tell us all about that. Um, and he's got a, a mission to be a part of the larger conversation and support everyone who wants to become obsessed with their own unique life. So uh, this is going to be a fun and fast conversation, I can already tell, and uh, I'm excited to have you here. Duncan Littlefield, welcome. Thanks so much for having me. I'm, uh, I'm really fortunate to be here. and I'm, You said it's going to be a fast conversation. This is going to be a blast. Well, you know, you know, I've spoken uh, once before, and and uh, my my number one takeaway was you you move really quickly, uh, which I think is so cool. So give us um, give us kind of the superhero backstory. How'd you get to this point of your career? Uh, that's a great question, and um, I kind of always say that um, it's one of those things where I'm one of the luckiest people you'll ever get to meet, and because I had a a set of parents who actually valued and celebrated effort compared to trophies or medals or anything like that. It was always the conversation of like, all right, what did you put into it? And if you finished eighth and you put everything you had into it, well, it's a celebration. And if you finished first first, and you kind of like, just like kind of cashed it in and, and uh, didn't give it everything, it wasn't as celebrated. It wasn't, it was like, okay, cool. Like learn from it. But like when you finished eighth, 12th, 30th. And it was like everything. It was a big deal. And uh, I'm really fortunate for that. So kind of that backstory was, is um, I left college early to play professional golf. So I played professional golf for six years. And if you kind of relate it to the the major league uh, baseball world, it's, I was able to play double A and triple A ball, never got to the show, but uh, was played really consistently on double A level and had a couple shots, but, uh, you know, didn't, didn't have my A game when I stepped up a little bit. So, uh, it was a great, great experience. I learned more about life and connections and people and relationships while playing the game of golf than I ever think I learned of or about the game of golf. And, uh, so towards the back end of my career, um, honestly, social media started to go and I was sick and tired of telling everybody that I was a professional golfer and everyone responding with, oh my gosh, how's Tiger Woods or how's Phil's back doing? And the reality <laughs> is, is that I was just driving around the country in my Ford Explorer game for a living. So I kind of took to social media to tell the story of a mini tour player of like a proper, I'm driving from Connecticut to South Dakota to like play for three weeks and then drive to Georgia to play for two. And it was gambling. And so one of the coolest things is I got some great partners involved and arguably became an influencer before the, the word influencer was cool. And I had some amazing opportunities to tell some incredible stories, and not only my own, but some other people's. And as I left the game of golf, I kind of looked at myself in the mirror one day and I didn't really have an accounting degree to fall back onto or a marketing degree. I just had 
some skills and all of a sudden I was okay at taking photos. And then I turned that into a full-time photography career where uh, it was just, I was one man shop in Charlotte, North Carolina. And uh, I was doing everything from uh, corporate marketing to a few weddings. And really the biggest thing was corporate marketing was involved heavily, heavily into tech startups as like their marketing arm. And uh, really loved that space because I like to move. I like to, I mean, I tell people all the time that I'm really good with the companies from year zero to two. And then I'm pretty much a waste of space after that. And uh, being a part of the VC world and the round raises a part of startups, I recognized a few things I didn't really like in it. And I kind of set out to do it differently. And uh, that's where Littlefield came to be. And uh, Littlefield company started just under three years ago. And uh, we're, we're growing. It's, it's so much fun. We're having a blast. I mean, the work that the team is putting out is exceptional, but the way they hold themselves and the way they treat our partners is even better. So uh, I'm one of the luckiest guys you get to meet because I've technically had three dream jobs and uh, I love every bit of what I'm doing and I'm having a blast. That's awesome. So I, I would love for you to share your vision with everyone for what you're really trying to build because you shared it with me um, in our first conversation and again today before we started recording and uh, and I think it's just fascinating so I think that'd be a great place to sort of begin the conversation yeah the the vision for the company of Littlefield which is the parent company the holding company is to have a hundred companies with a thousand employees within the ecosystem or within the the organization and uh, the reason for that um, is because Today's world, you see people move from job to job. I think it's like 49% of millennials will say they'll look for a new job every two years. And I think that's the Forbes stat that they put out. And the kind of the idea is that if they're going from job to job is because of experience, is because they want a new trait, they want a new skill, they want a new outlook, they want a new new culture. But if you find those people who love the culture that you create, then why are you uh, giving them the ability to leave your organization to go get a new skill or a new experience. Well, if you have a hundred companies, then they don't need to leave the organization. They don't need to leave the culture that they love. They don't need the, they don't need to leave the people that they care for. They don't need to leave even the clients that they care for because they're picking up a new skill, but they're in the same culture. They're in the same system. They're in the same organization and then they don't need to leave. So the goal is to create or invest into build a hundred companies in the system in our organization so that we can literally have people pick up new skills and new experiences whenever they want. And um, so like, that's kind of the, the bigger, and it's, it's that purpose driven. We want to work with companies that want to grow. And uh, you know, my goal for my life is that I want to become the most influential and impactful CEO in the world by having everyone become obsessed with their own unique life. And um I'm really excited for the challenge because I know it's very large. Like it's not one of these things where I write it down in the gold journal or whatever, or the vision board and go like, Oh, this would be cool. It's like, I realize the weight to that. And uh, I'm having, I'm very fortunate to have a team that believes that we can do this. And I'm also very fortunate to have a support system, you know, in my wife and my family that believe I can do this, but um, I'm having just such a great time trying. And it's so much fun. Yeah, it's it's really interesting when you paint a big vision like that. How it, uh, it it really forces you to think differently to and to begin to operate on a different level. Even if you're not at the level that will fulfill the ultimate vision yet, 
but it, it almost immediately sort of steps you up and you have to keep stepping up to get there. I think that's, to me, that's the exciting thing about, um, you know, about setting that kind of goal. So talk a little bit about this, this idea of everyone becoming obsessed with their own unique life. How does that fit in here? Why, why did you choose that? It's, it's for the longest time, I never understood the concept of a work-life balance. And I fight it every day. I, I'm, my wife sees balance, sees very clear differences in you know, work and personal, even down to my COO. Like Miller Yoho is a great example of the complete polar opposite of me. And we're, great, we're a great partnership because of that is because like he has his very much his designated time where he works and he has his very much his designated time where he is at home with his family and it is a clear separation. For me, he's the coolest part about talking to him about all this is that he's obsessed with his life. He's obsessed with the, the separation. He's obsessed with how he's supporting his family. He's obsessed with how he's living and, and breeding and like bringing life into the culture that we have at the Littlefield Company, where on my side, I'm obsessed with working 18 hours a day, Monday through Sunday. And like, I love being on calls over and over and talking to people because I get to be on calls with industry leaders in an industry and I get to be educated and learn. And so if I could pass anything along to anybody, it's become obsessed with your life. If you wake up every morning and excuse my French, but you just yell, hell yeah, because of the life you get to live, then there's no need for a work-life balance because you're just living the life that you are so happy to be in. You're in the job that you're happy to be in. You're in the, the relationship you're happy to be in. You're in the culture or the system of family or work or whatever, but it's what you want and it's what you wanted to create. And like you are obsessed with that life because people are not gonna be obsessed. If I said, hey, you gotta live the life that I have, people would not be thrilled. Like, let's just be real about it. Like people, it's just, it's, I'm doing it for me because it's what's right in my DNA. You know, a core value at the Littlefield company and, and at the parent company Littlefield is be your DNA. You know, you go through life and you go through experiences and you're made in a certain way to have this trigger this and, and then go, oh, you know, that doesn't feel right for me. Oh, this trigger. Oh, that actually, I really like that. Let me lean into it. Let me double down on that. And like, so you, as your DNA, you have to understand what is right for you. And the minute you see that, the minute you grab it, the minute you hold on to it, that obsession with like, oh my gosh, life is so much fun right now is like, what else do you want? Like, that's the end. Like happiness is the ROI of life. And if you bottle that early, like, gosh, it's just a great experience. <laughs> that's awesome. You know, it, it occurs to me that in, you know, in going down that path, if you're going to be someone who is obsessed about your own unique life, you you have to get to a stage where two things happen. Number one, that you're taking responsibility for your life. And two, that you're very intentional about what that life is that you want. And I think both of those qualities are actually very rare mm. to find within people. Um, and I, well, that it, it bothers me that, that, that that's true, but I think it's very rare because I think for a lot of people, they, they allow themselves to be sort of uh, sucked into circumstance. People are afraid, right? Like people, it's everyone kind of jokes that they're afraid of the dark. And the reality is, is that nobody wants to step on the stage with the spotlight on them. They would much rather sit in the wings of the theater instead of walking up on stage, spotlight hits them and goes, this is who I am. Like, this is who I am. And I'm not going to 
hide what I want or not going to hide what my goal is or not going to hide who, like how I feel. And for that reason, it's like, people are afraid of the light of it. Like people are afraid to step out. And especially in today's world with social media and like everything going on, it's just like, everything's looked at, everything's tracked. Like there's so many people that just want to like, or who are not obsessed with their life and literally just, I don't want to use the word hate because it's such a strong word, but just pick apart people and just like, just, just take a little piece there and a little piece there. And then all of a sudden that fear, that perception, that judgment creeps in and it disrupts everything that you've worked on building. And if you can look at yourself in the mirror and go, you know what? I know who I am. I know what my DNA is and I know where I want to go. Like that's a pretty like strong armor to walk into this world with and go, okay, I'm good. Like I'm ready to go. Like it's, it's, and that's where kind of that obsession, that, that happiness, that, that fulfillment is really, I'm trying to, you know, breathe into my team and the people around us. Like it's, it's, it's a much bigger goal than just like growing a company to a hundred million. Like, I, I want to dig into this, this idea a little bit, because I think it's important. I think what you're really describing is a key entrepreneurial skill, right? Mm-hmm. To be able to discover your own DNA, discover sort of who you are, and then connect that to an intentional vision of what you want to create. And, um, and I don't think it's necessarily an easy thing to do. I think, as I was listening to you, the, the thought that popped into my head was that, you know, I, I, a lot of people will sit and, and believe that they've got to do this like deep study to discover who they are. I, I don't know how you a- approach that, but I, I look at it a little bit differently. I feel like it's just sort of revealed. Like if you're, if you pay a little bit of attention, you learn a little bit about yourself. You learn a little bit of that DNA over, you know, again and again and again over time. It's not like this, you know, go to the mountain, climb the mountain, meet the guru, discover enlightenment, you know, and come back. How has it been for you to kind of get to the point? Because there was probably a time in your life where you you didn't have this understanding. No. And honestly, I'm still figuring it out. Like that's the, that's the check-in points. It's, I kind of joke all the time. It's like, I can, I look in the mirror and I see what I got, you know, you know, on a normal day, I'm a hard seven and I'm a soft eight in a suit. Like I know what I got, but the, the unique thing is what for me, and it goes back to being your DNA. Like it could be somebody like, for example, you, like you get up and journal every morning, like, you know, meditation is becoming a massive part of our conversation. It's going, Hey, let me center. Let me, let me get good with oneself to then be able to go out into the world. And if you just take that 10 minutes, five minutes, 30 minutes or whatever you need, but it's different for every person. Like if I sit, if I sat down every morning and tried to meditate, my brain would be spinning like absolutely like off the walls. I would be thinking about what I got to do and what I got to hear. And this is like, I talked to a gentleman yesterday who tells me that he wakes up every morning and turns his phone off for an hour and a half. He turns his phone off. And whenever the time he wakes up, his alarm goes off. He literally doesn't look at an email, anything on Slack, any messages, any voicemails, nothing. He literally goes hour and a half. This is my time. And then at that point he starts his day has breakfast, goes for a run, whatever he does. But I couldn't do that. Like, and that's where it's, it's kind of that unique space where I always go back to like, what's your DNA. So it's that experimentation to go, Oh, that felt really good. Hey, I did this for two weeks. And like, I was clear, I was kinder. I I was, or it was like, I was agitated because it didn't work for me or like it, whatever it is, it's just take those checkpoints for me. 
Um, I kind of, I kind of use the analogy of you sit in the weeds and like, you know, imagine, you know, you walk out to a field and there's a big tree, but like there's these like six foot tall, you know, four foot tall, just like, just like weeds. And like, um, I, I, for me, I, I kind of picture like the cornfield and, you know, walking out, sitting down in the cornfield and just letting the wind go. And like, you kind of like all of a sudden get like hit in the face with a random straw and you're like, okay, that didn't feel right. But it's like, if you sit in those weeds and it's like, then you just understand how it's feeling or how you interpret or how that it's, it's just one of those things where I think you got to go through it for yourself and like, have it be like your DNA. Like I know for me, I need to get out of work, the actual office at least every like six weeks and I, six to eight weeks, I need to like literally retreat, go find a vast place to be able to think about the business to think about what's happening, to think about forecasting. And like, that's what's worked really well for me. So it's either I go find a mountain or go find a beach and sit there for a day and I drive home and I'm good. And like, that's that checkpoint for me. It's like every six, eight weeks, I got to get out and go do something for myself and say, I'm grounded and I'm, and I'm, and I'm set. Yeah. So a couple of, uh, of thoughts there. I, I think um, one of the really dangerous things right now, you see, you, you see so many books and articles. I mean, you can't go on medium without running into this stuff where it's, here's the prescription for how to have the perfect yeah. morning routine. That's going to ground you and connect you. And I, I always find that stuff to be kind of a waste of time because that worked for that person. And certainly maybe it's useful to get some ideas, but I think you just got to figure out what works for you. Like, you know, as you say, it's, you know, for you, it's getting to someplace vast um, you know, and, and, uh, and having time to think. And that, that was the second thing that you said that I think is so important is, and I, and I think in, in our culture, particularly in business, we don't give ourselves enough space just to think. And that's where all of the, the breakthroughs and the leverage come from. So how, how did you get to the point where you said it was okay? You know, it's, <laughs> I don't have to be busy all the time. I can just, I can go and do this. Um, that's a great question. And I don't know if I have like a strong answer for that, honestly. And I mean, I'm trying to work through it now. I'm, I'm, as I'm, as I'm thinking about this, but, um, there's a lot of times and I look back at my golf career and I drove 20 hours regularly, like 30, 40, 50,000 miles in a car a year and just me. And I look at that time and I look at the, you know, that was between ages 20 to 26 and 20, 27. And I look at the time that I just spent by myself and I was able to, I was able to process things and I was able to work through things, but you know, driving through the middle of Iowa or South Dakota, there's not much to do, but listen to music and literally make sure you're on the right road. And for me, that was the biggest thing is that, you know, I recognize that my obsession gets really deep and all of a sudden I'm spinning my wheels or I'm running on the treadmill compared to actually making progress because I don't see the bigger it's, I don't see the bigger, I don't reconnect with the bigger. And for me, I recognized, um, it was supposed to be a 2020 goal that went out the window because of 2020, but what I was going to do was actually take two, uh, weeks total. So five day blocks and lock myself in a cabin, just be able to 
read and process, listen to podcasts, really whatever it is, like wherever it went. But I was going to give myself the space to go no meetings outside of like internal stuff, like just, just kind of connecting with the executive team. Um, and obviously picking up whatever I really needed to, but like, I was really going to give myself the mental breathe to not sit back here and go cool vacation, but really go, no, no, no. I'm thinking about where this is going to go. So I was going to do two trips every year and I'm still committed to that. I just got to wait for, you know, the COVID ban to go away. And, uh, but it's, it's just, I kind of saw these like weekend trips be really impactful for me. And there was one real particular one. It was last October. And, um, I drove, I'm in Charlotte, North Carolina. So I drove to Asheville, which is about a two hour drive. And I was clearer about my life, business and personal in the first 40 minutes of that drive than I had been in months. And it was that, that sole fact, if I just got out of my space, I was able to focus, was able to think and process a lot. And for me, that's what does the trick. So literally, you know, Miller, my CEO the other day, like maybe two weeks ago, he's like, Duncan, you gotta go. And he kind of like looked at me, he's like, sat me down, he's like, it's time for you to go again. And I was like, yeah, like, when are we going to do that? Like, and I kind of, he was like, I know, but like, you gotta, you gotta do this. So I'm really fortunate that even he sees the, the value in it for me. That's fantastic. Uh, it's great to have that kind of uh, team around you that, that recognizes your unique contribution and, and the things that are necessary to get the most out of that. Um, and that, I think that's rare. I mean, it's so easy to get caught up in the, the, the hustle of, of trying to, you know, run the business that you don't stop and, and take the, the time to, to get free, to think, to, to really get clear so that you can make that leap to the next level. Um, and I, it, it's so valuable. I do it once a quarter, I get away for two days and, uh, and I get, you know, one, one of those days is usually just me. And then another day is me with a bunch of other entrepreneurs and we're all together in a room and, you know, working on ideas. And it's just, um, that's what kind of fuels all the different leaps as I go forward. So it's, uh, I think everybody needs to find something like that, that will push you forward. So, um, that's amazing, man. I'm so happy for you. Like, that's so cool. Like that's, that's remarkable. Like, I am just so happy that you found that. That's really cool. Well, I tell you, it's, uh, I've been doing this for a long time, um, longer than I, I care to admit, you know, you stumble upon these things, like you just need, you need to get that separation to get clarity. It's like you, you can't see what you're working on when you're in the middle of it. You've got to step back. And, uh, uh, and that's, to me, that's where the real leaps in progress come from. But um, I want to, I want to shift gears a little bit. I was having a conversation with a colleague of ours, Trevor Turnbull, the other day, another uh, alum of the podcast. And Great we were human talking being. about, yeah, he's awesome. Uh, brilliant guy. We're talking about your project Sidecar because we're both just totally intrigued by it. So I would love for you to share uh, a little bit about that and, and how you came to that. And, and then uh, just in general, what you're, you're doing overall with uh, the companies, the various companies at this stage. Yeah. So, so the kind of the, the, I would say the first step of it is looking at the Littlefield company, um, which is the engine behind it all. It's the company that started uh, literally on the, the path that got us here now. And so that all of a sudden was servicing a medium-sized business. So looking at companies, you know, 10 to 100 million, we were able to offer an amazing opportunity, an amazing partnership, an amazing experience, product, 
but also see the scale. And all of a sudden we were isolating the people that we really wanted to help. And so for me, my goal is to build profit, profitable companies or profit-based companies. And that's where kind of going back to like, I saw the VC world and the concept is that like, you know, raise, prove value, see somebody else raise, prove value and keep going up the ladder. Well, all of a sudden, if you get to like a D or E or an F round and you're not going public, then the company's gone. You have hundreds of potentially employees who just lost their job because the CEO couldn't find the next buyer or couldn't find the next investor. So I want to kind of flip it and go, all right, well, let's, if we even do raise rounds, great, but we will always be focused on profit. So now looking back at that and COVID has, you know, given me the time to actually like look at this and like dissect it. So sidecar is the change or the challenge or the opportunity to support the small business owner, the entrepreneur, or also the creative agency who has multiple clients underneath it. So if we're focused on profit, building companies are built on profit and not, you know, for example, you, if I came into you and you were like, Duncan, I'd love to do a video. Great. Well, the little company, you know, it's, you know, I'll throw a big number out there. It's like, okay, we have a hundred thousand dollar day. Okay. Well, you, you don't need to afford that because of what your audience is, what your target is, what you're trying to do with it. You don't need the Super Bowl commercial unless you want to put $5.2 million behind it. It's not going to get seen. So, you know, and kind of like what we focus on at the Littlefield company is building scalable content. So we go into that day and it's not just the 60 second commercial, but it's 20 to 40 pieces of additional content to build the strategy. But a mom and pop bakery doesn't need that right now. They just need a couple social media shorts to drive the next traffic for the next week. And so that's where the idea of Sidecar came. So Sidecar is right now, it's a uh, service for entrepreneurs, small business owners, or creative agencies to take care of their social media editing for them. Now, what we have in the works is we're working on building a software and the goal is one click and you're done. So you upload one, your video, and all of a sudden within 24 hours or 12 hours or how good, depending on how good we get the software, it's going, that video comes back into your inbox. It's formatted, framed, organized, branded, everything top to bottom for your company. So if you go, hey, I want this for LinkedIn, it needs to be three by four frame ratio. Then at that point, it's going to have your logo. It's going to have your, it's going to have your color scheme. It's going to have your title. It's going to have your name. It's going to be captioned, closed, I mean, titled everything top to bottom. But then the nice part is, is that we're working and we're developing an AI, building in an AI program to actually go, cool, if you fill out a small survey, which then at that point says, hey, I want it to do this, this, and this, it will actually look at those major outlets to go, this is your best title to create the most engagement. This is your best caption for the video because of what you said in the video. So we want people to be those thought leaders on your, you know, your platforms that you want to literally run. And uh, so the software long-term, we're working on it right now. We're, we're, you know, it's, it's fun developing a software again. Uh, I haven't done it in a couple of years, so it is, it's definitely fun, but right now we are doing everything as a service. And uh, it's, it's starting to really run, which is great. So we're building everything out. We're organized. We're ready to go. So just, just to be clear for everybody listening. So what you're really talking about is, so in, in uh, the Littlefield company, you, you tell stories through video. And you tell stories through video for big companies with big budgets, typically. Okay. And, and what you're saying is with Sidecar, 
you've got now a service that will soon be an AI software experience where virtually anybody can come in because you've, you've productized it to the point where it's affordable and they can bring their, their footage, their video that they capture and you guys handle all the really complicated stuff, the editing and formatting and captioning and all that stuff. Is that and the, a fair description? Yes. Yeah, very good. Um, and the other nice part about kind of what we're doing at Sidecar is the reality is, is that everybody, you know, everybody has a phone right now that, should, that can shoot 4K footage. Right now, you know, right now, I'm using my Mac right now, but the reality is this is a 1080p camera, if not a 720p camera. So literally changing everything to the back of my iPhone, I can now sit back and use a 4K sensor. I can use a 4K camera. So if really all of a sudden we get people and we educate people and we give we build the awareness on how to use a window light as your key light, how to capture good audio, how to set your literally set deck, how to build your office or your 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 kitchen table at this point right now during COVID, if we understand how to build a really nice set, that footage will get colored. It'll get sorted, it'll get organized, and it'll be really, really great. And um, it's just a little bit of education that we're leaning into people with. So part of being kind of coming into our space is that we'll give you all that education. Okay, so that's that's good to know. So as people are thinking about how do, how do we use video now to go out and get in front of the people that we can help, um, they can, not only can they come to you and turn to you as a resource, to get everything edited and looking good, but you're actually going to set them up from the start so that they know how to capture it right, maybe some of the strategy of what types of videos tend to work, all that sort of thing. 100%. That's fantastic. Um, it, it, I tell you, it's so it's so interesting right now to see what people are doing. This is a strange year. Mm -hmm. It's been a crazy year probably a year none of us want to revisit, but there are some amazing innovations that are coming out of this year. And I think some of it is the constraint that we've all been under, you know? So we've been, we've been forced to get out of our routines, which forces you to have time you didn't have, to think in ways that you didn't think. You've been forced to approach problems differently. So it's been very interesting to see what's coming out of it. And this is just one of those many things that, that, uh, I've noticed this year, and uh, I just love the approach. I think it's it's going to totally change things. And the reality is, I'm not going to like sugarcoat it. This was a company born through COVID. Like this was very much a like you said. It's like we talked about earlier. Is like getting away and like getting out of like the little details of your day to day life and going away for a weekend or taking a day or whatever it is. And this was the very first time we were so we were running so fast at the Littlefield company. I thought the structure of Littlefield as the parent company, we had it in place, but I really didn't think it was going to be set up in full until about year five. COVID gave me the space to work on it because we lost 70% of our business the second week of March. And so we had to adapt and we had to learn and we had to go, okay, what's next? And the nice part is, is that our team was great. We fought through it. We collaborated. We were creative. We did everything, but it also gave me the space to go, okay, I have the, the mental capacity to sit back here and learn from things. I have the mental capacity to not be in the little details or the minutia of the day-to-day -day operations, but I can look at the bigger. 
And, you know, now we're, we're in a larger, we have a larger runway. We have a bigger upside than ever before because we're a little more prepared to grow a major organization and sidecar is just a byproduct of that. Yeah, it's, it's just amazing to watch all these little things that are coming out. And, And I think sidecar is a perfect example. I just, I see so many, so many opportunities to take, you're taking a, what used to be an expensive and complicated task to get done. And you've, you've basically turned it into an API. I know you're working on software, but even as a service, you've turned it into an API so that, you know, I could come in or somebody who's listening could come in and just basically just plug what they're doing right into it, you know, and it's got sort of this defined input and defined output. So you know what you're getting. Um, And I see more and more things going to that kind of a model uh, because it allows you to then almost take business like, like Legos. It's like you're, you're taking all these different capabilities and just stacking them up in different combinations, you know, which to me is really cool because as, as an entrepreneur, it allows you to get really creative. I can go out in the marketplace and look at all of these different capabilities, all these little building blocks and put them together in whatever form I want and create a company almost out of nothing. It's really, uh, really cool to see that happening. So, so what's next? What comes next for Littlefield? That's a great question. And I think everybody would love to know that even my internal team and even internal Duncan would love to know that. Um, The reality is, is that the next step is we just keep going down the path we're going. And we keep leaning into our people, we keep leaning into our team, we keep leaning into creative ideas, either on like the actual creative front of telling people's stories or business innovation. And so with that, you know, we have we're we're excited about the trajectory we're on. You know, I think 2021 is going to be an exceptional year for us. And uh, it's it's funny. It's I kind of feel bad almost saying that 2020 was an exceptional year for us, even though we lost 70% of our business and we weren't even close to the projections we saw in February. And we saw, we had to overcome a lot. You know, everybody does, right? This year has been and, and even speaking more personally, it's going, I didn't go through 08 as a business owner. Like I was just about, I was just starting my golf career back in, in 20. Oh no, that was 20. Oh, I was 09. And oh, you um, missed the party. Huh? The reality is, is that like, I did, I totally did. And, uh, I, you know, I, I, yeah, like next time I'm going to bring the chips, you know, but the, <laughs> the fact is, is that I recognized very early on that like I kind of gave myself this little like pep talk at middle of March. I was like, okay, this is real. And this is going to define you as a CEO. This is going to define you as a leader. This is going to define you as the person at the top of the company. And you're going to learn more about what it takes than ever through this. Because the reality is the, the economy was so good the last two years that if you were growing a company in the last two years, you were definitely doing something wrong. Um, just because there was so much opportunity. There's, there's an abundance of opportunity. And now, even today, I believe there's an abundance of opportunity. It's just a matter of um, looking for those challenges, you know, looking for those failures and just running at them compared to going, ah, I'm going to keep that at bay. Like, I'm going to keep that over there. Like, we're okay. And the reality is, is that like, I want to address the problems and solve them. And I'm not a problem solver. I don't, I don't, you know, it's every CEO thinks that they're a problem solver because they are. They've overcome things to get to run a company, to get to build a company, to get to, to support a team and grow an organization to whatever they want to. 
But the reality is, is if we just keep leaning into our people and we just have, a, we have a great culture, we have people who care about what they do. They're excited. They're, they're kind. They're, they're like it. They're just amazing people. And if we keep leaning into that, more people are going to want to come around us, more people and more ideas are going to come around. And for that, I am just going to literally steer the ship a little bit and I'm just going to let it go because creative people will collaborate. And that's where innovation happens. That's where great conversations happen. That's where immense happiness come from because everybody's creative and it's, it's, it's amazing to watch. It's amazing to watch, to walk into our office and literally see eight people sitting around a table try, trying and working to solve a problem for a, a partner of ours who just can't tell the right story. It is buzzing. There's like, it's, it's, it's amazing. And you just, I just sit back and watch. I don't add anything. I try not to, I do every once in a while a good bit, but I, I just, I just try to let it happen because it is utterly remarkable to watch a group of people try to solve a problem in a really creative way. So that's what we're going to do. We're just going to keep solving problems. We're going to keep supporting people. We're going to keep challenging people and we're going to try to be just the best we can be. Oh, that sounds awesome. So I, I think, uh, I think let's leave it at that because we've, I think we've given everybody a lot to think about in this interview. That was a lot packed into a short amount of time. Um, so where can people go to, I, I want them to go check out Sidecar. I want them to check out all the other stuff that you're doing. What's the best place for them to go to kind of learn more about Littlefield and Sidecar and Duncan and everything you're doing? Yeah, uh, you can obviously find me on LinkedIn. That's definitely a, a very active uh, platform I'm on. Uh, it's Duncan Littlefield. I'm usually one of the only people out there in the world. But um, it's the two, a couple of major websites are the littlefield.co. Um, that is the Littlefield Company's website. It has a bunch of bunch of work, and it's really the the website that we built from scratch, um, and that where it's it just tells a great story. So I would start there. Littlefield.io is our parent company, and um, which is just more of a placeholder for a lot of companies. But um, I am always open for a conversation. I joke, and you know this. I never turn on a cup of coffee. I have it right in front of me right now. And so my Calendly links out there. If you go to the littlefield littlefield.co backslash discovery, you can book a call with me. It's twenty five minutes, and I would be absolutely honored to book any call. I, I never say no, and uh, unless it kind of doesn't align with my core values, but I would love to hear your story. I would love to hear what you have going on, what is exciting, what is when, what you're obsessed with. And uh, if I can be a part of that or I can help grow it. And um, then at that point, companies all over social and uh, you know, the team is amazing. So if you do get to connect with us, I can't uh, invite you fast enough to get into our space, talk to them, be creative with them, collaborate with them and uh, just, you know, let us help be a part of your story. And uh, it would be an, an immense honor and that would be a humbling moment. It'd be, it'd be an incredible opportunity to work with anybody. And uh, we just get to tell stories all the time. It's great. That's awesome. Well, Duncan Littlefield, thanks for investing some time with me today. This has been a lot of fun. And uh, I, I think very valuable, certainly valuable for me. And that's usually, uh, that's usually the measure of success on these. If I, if I walk away getting a lot out of it, I know that I'll get emails from people who, uh, who feel the same way. So uh, thank you for being here. Again, thank you for investing time with me. This has been great. Oh, thanks for having me. I'm, I'm very fortunate, very blessed. So uh, appreciate the time as well. This has been, this has been amazing. 
This is the Unstoppable CEO Podcast. For more episodes, find us on iTunes or visit unstoppableceo.net.